Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to the Ring the Bell podcast. That's Nick Kreider. That's Heath Bell. I'm born in Azari. It's officially baseball season. The Super Bowl is done. Spring training is here. We finally got over the hump, gentlemen. How are we doing? Heath, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good because I picked the Chiefs to win and they won. Same, same. Yeah, I think we were robbed of a a Jalen Hurts um, come from behind at least tie it or win. I, I would love to see them gone down and see if they can drive down there. But, you know, I mean, I, I kind of had the feeling that the Chiefs were going to win once they took the lead for the first time, you know, bringing it to 28-27. And uh, they didn't look back after that, really. So I'm happy that it was a competitive game and not a blowout. I think some people thought it would be a blowout. Um, you know, we've seen some pretty uninteresting games in the past, but this was one that definitely, um, you know, was as advertised. Yeah, I mean... Hey, I thought the commercials kind of sucked, but uh, same. Um, Heath, you definitely, you really definitely good. freaked was, out when it the, was when really be commercial real, oh, right? He definitely freaked out. Oh, so I was at a Super Bowl party at my neighbor's house, and that when that popped up, dude, he flipped out. Where's the remote? Who sat on the remote? <laughs> we were watching it on his back patio, and like most of the wives were inside watching in the living room, and I guess they're synced up, and he freaked out. <laughs> I thought they should have started with that, you know, like yeah just before halftime or something but that was the best commercial i guess yeah that was great very so the game was good game was good i mean i would have liked to seen jalen hurts try to go down the field you know and i would like to see kansas city you know stop him but we didn't get to see that i think it's a bogus play that you run to the one yard line and fall down but i understand it's strategy and that's how you win a football game but my uh, like it my buddy had a anytime touchdown parlay that he only needed McKinnon to score, the guy who went down at the one yard. Same line. with my friend. He was so pissed. It was the only person that didn't score in his parlay. And yeah, there yeah. was a couple of times too where he got pretty close. But yeah, had to had to do it for the win, I guess. Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown, Mahomes over 19 and a half rushing yards. Kansas City money line. It's clean sweep, clean sweep for for the boy on on, on Sunday. But it Good was you, uh hey, hey, I'm hey, I'm patting my own back, baby. No, it was a, it was a great game, but Listen, it, 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 it's time for Padres baseball. It's so nice to see everyone coming to spring training. Bob Melvin in the media, everyone's back, and it finally feels real again, right? It's been a few months. We've just been hyperbolizing, elongating these storylines. Now we're finally here. We have some substance. And yesterday we had some big news. I know, Heath, we, we've been going back and forth about this Padres rotation. They make a big move. They signed Michael Walk, a 31-year-old right-handed veteran, to a four-year deal. I know a lot of Potter fans are like four years, but only up to $6 million per year, which is an absolute steal. Michael Walk, a 3.32 ERA last year. Give me your initial thoughts on that contract. Um, I think we solidified our starting rotation right there. Agreed. I mean, especially to have him for four years. Um, Micah, 
he's Mike Waka is, is just a solid pitcher. You know, he's not your number one. He's not your number two, but he's a solid three that is just going to eat up innings. And he's going to be there every fifth day. And he's going to give you a chance to win every time he goes out there. Um, so I feel way better about our starting rotation now. So it's just, it, you know, and down the future, you know, we also signed uh you Darvish that I think is a little, you know, extreme because of his age, but you know, I'm going to have to say, you know, football players is playing until their forties now. So why not baseball players? But I'm really jealous about this time because I feel like I want to go to spring training. <laughs> I want to throw some bullpens. I want to put some uniform on to see the guys joke around, you know, mess around in the locker room and go. I almost feel like I need to go to the gym and start working out. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's, it's great time to be a Padre fan. It's great to see the boys back in town. So it's, uh, or at least in Arizona, as I'm saying. So it's a good time. It's a good feeling right now. Yeah. I, I love uh, when the clock strikes zero on the Super Bowl because I know that's the start of baseball season for me. And uh, th- there's nothing better than it feels right now to look at this Padres roster and see it being the most stacked we've ever, ever seen it. So it's so I'm stacked. really excited. I'm super excited. I think the Waka contract is very smart. Um, it's someone that I've been wanting to go after for a while. As you guys remember, I've, I've echoed this, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. since, you know, the beginning of the off season, he's that guy that, you know, gives us the depth that we need in case someone goes down or even just be our fourth or fifth starter. I mean, we had question marks, whether or not Nick Martinez was going to be a starter a rotational piece because he pitched so well in a reliever position last year. He's kind of that Swiss army knife. And then of course the same thing with Lugo. I think those guys are similar types of players, and the Lugo contract on just a, a yearly salary basis is worth more than Waka's. And I honestly value Waka more as a starting pitcher. Agreed. So I think it's a I think it's a great deal for the Padres. It definitely, you know, takes away a lot of questions of what they're gonna do. And I don't think they're gonna make any more moves before opening day. I think this is the the locked in roster and just depends on who's gonna be on the active roster, who's gonna come up, who's gonna come down. I agree. I, re- I think they're done. Go ahead, Heath. I was just going to say, you know, I think Michael Walker came here because the team's so stacked yeah, and he's willing to take a little bit less because especially you're playing in California, taxes are worse, this and that and all that stuff. So, but he's like, I got a chance to win here. You Mm -hmm, know, there's going to be a good team for quite a while. So I'll send a a multi-year deal to go over there because they want to win that the organization's shown that they'll go out and get who they need. And they'll spend the money when they need to. So uh, it's it's a win-win for us. I really think I, it all around. I'd say a few things here. First of all, I think <clears throat> this indicates the Potters are going to go to a six-man rotation, at least just to start the season. And I think Bob Melvin was even alluding to that with Martinez, Lugo, and Waka being your four, five, six in whatever order. But I think they're going to have a very short leash for Seth Lugo and immediately go back to a five-man if it doesn't work out, number one. Number two, it, it seems like the Padres and AJ Preller with all these contracts, they're really manipulating the CBT, right? They're adding a lot yeah. of years and drastically lowering the AAV of a projected player's value. And this Waka deal plus this Darvish extension, according to Fangraphs, it keeps the Padres right under $273 million of payroll, which is that next level of a CBT tax. So they're very calculated in the way they're doing things from a financial perspective. Speaking of a financial perspective, if you go to bet online right now, Nick, the Dodgers are minus 140 to win the NL West. Is there value for the Padres? For Plus, sure. Uh, 130, 140 to win the NL West on betonline.ag. Use promo code BELIEVE. Where? Come on, no, unbiasedly. 
look, unbiasedly, if you just look and see what Fangrass has us projected, we have more projected wins than the Dodgers, which would mean we'd win the division. So you're looking at what the experts have to say, not even the betting experts, but just the baseball experts that love stats and love all these metrics. They foresee us winning the division. I think everybody sees the Padres as a really good team, and we're just not the – we're in the shadow of the Dodgers. I think Dodgers have had their time. They're kind of, everybody sees they're kind of falling off or whatnot. They're still going to be tough. They're still going to be a great baseball team, but the Padres have made the moves they needed to make and they're starting to overtake the Dodgers. Now this is the year for us to win the division and go farther in the playoffs. I agree. And I, I think going back to Michael Walk, and then I want to get into you, Darvish, is listen, he had a really tough stretch from 2019 to 2021. And we saw him particularly improve in two areas last year, really not walking players. And that, that's really, really important, right? He had a 6% walk rate in 2022. He also scaled back his home run rate. So I don't think Pottery fans, I don't think we expect Michael Walker to boast another 3.3 ERA. But even if this guy has a, a ERA in the low fours, but he's pitching 150 plus innings, that is the main purpose of having a Michael Walk on your team. So listen, I, I think some Pottery fans may question the length of the deal, but when you're considering this guy wanted a two-year $30 million deal heading into free agency, and they got out of it with a four-year 24, and that's up to $24 million. That's what if he hits on all those incentives. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. AJ Preller's manipulating this CBT. He's looking like a wizard um, with this Michael Walker contract. Heath, I want to start with you. I know you think the U Darvish deal is a bit lengthy. He's going to be 37. They're giving him a six-year deal. They get him down to 18 AAV, which is great. Talk to me. Initial thoughts. Uh, initial thoughts. Originally, I mean, Tom Brady plays into his 40s, and some other NFL guys are doing that, so why not baseball? I mean – I'm kind of jealous now. It was seemed like your late thirties, just 10 years ago when I was playing that you were no good anymore. You're no good at 37, 38, 39. Now it's like, well, we'll give you a six year contract at 37. Why not? So, you know, I, I think you Darvish could possibly do it. I'm just a little weary on, you know, especially Japanese pitchers, you know, or Asian pitchers because they throw a lot when they're really young and this and that. And they, um, you know, there's a lot of bullpens. They don't rest a whole lot. A little worried about that, but, you know, he's been with San Diego for a couple of years now. They kind of know his routine. You know, I hope he's in the gym, staying nice and healthy and this and that, because I believe that you don't get older. You just get older as the less you do. You know, if you don't work out as much and if he's still working out like he was in his late 20s, why not? You can stay young. Young is ages, you know, number is just an age or, or whatever the hell I'm saying, but it's, I'm a little, I'm a little scarce, but I like you Darvish because he's not a power pitcher. He's a control pitcher and Point. he does have some velocity once in a while, but you know, he goes out and pitches kind of like Greg Max pitched into his forties where he didn't throw hard. He threw 84, 81 miles an hour, but the ball just moved and he just mixed up pitches and Darvish has, you know, like five or six pitches. So, you know, I think he could possibly do that. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And, you know, for me, it's nice to think that you Darvish could go to the Hall of Fame as a Padre, right? Spending his entire the rest of his career foreseeably and you know, bearing any trades or anything like that. And if he were to actually make the Hall of Fame because he's played with the Padres the longest as a Padre, um, you know, I still still think there's a lot of unfinished business for him, you know, getting over that hump and and not falling, you know, off kind of a little bit on the second half or maybe not even having a slow start. I think 
you know, it teeters back and forth. Having a consistent season with certainty that you're going to be with this franchise for a long time with Ruben Niebla, with this rotation, I think it's great for him. Him and his family have been solidifying themselves as pillars in this community as well. I think that's great. I love to see when guys do that. So I'm really excited about it. And, you know, with all the all the you know recent signings as, you know, locking up you Darvish and what we just talked about with Waka, it's really giving us more certainty what our future looks like. And it's going to start to get to the point where we will need to see what we're going to do with Soto, what we're going to do with Machado, because all these other places need to fall into place because we don't want to be, you know, left with our our dick in our hand, you know, not knowing what we have to do with our rotation, no. but we've locked up all these superstars. So it's good to have like those two guys and Joe. So three guys who are locked in for the next four years, at least. Yeah. And specifically from a pitching perspective, right. And that was our biggest question mark heading into this year. We knock on wood. We know this offense is going to be elite, or at least we hope so. The question mark was always pitching, pitching, pitching. And I kept asking you guys on previous episodes, if one of those big three guys goes down, this team's screwed. Well, now that they have a guy like Michael Waka, they're not as screwed, right? If you, if God forbid you get an injury to Darvish, Musgrove, or Snell, right? Now you have a guy in Michael Waka who's at least going to give your offense a chance every fifth day. That's right. all you can ask for um, with an elite offense. So this was the final piece to the puzzle. I don't have no crystal ball. I don't think they're going to make any moves um, until opening day because why would they? I was literally just looking at this 40, man. I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. I mean, this team there's is only, so stacked. For me, there's only one move that I could possibly see them making, and it's still very unlikely, and that would be just upgrading the catching position. I'm still okay. not sold that like Nola is – the guy and i know that the pitchers you know, love him nick they, yeah. exactly he's developed a great rapport with a lot of these pitchers on the roster i think Caposano is going to get a lot of run this year i think now is the time for him to finally get up to the majors and stay with this with the club consistently and not go up and down and give him the real bats that he needs he's their backup um, no. exactly because i mean there was rumors that we were going to go after Contreras. there was rumors when you know real muto was was available yeah. that we were going to get him so they're definitely looking to see if there's going to be a, a catcher or two that become available, but I, I would not be shocked if it doesn't happen. With a catcher, if your pitching staff does really well with him, then you can lack the, you know, he doesn't have right. a bat or whatnot. You know, as long as he played, you know, can throw out a few guys from time to time. I mean, we'll find out because a lot of guys are going to be running now because it's what bigger bases, six, six inches closer now. So, you know, especially I bet you the oven mitts that everybody wears now. You know, originally you were because you you didn't want to jam your finger or whatnot, but now everybody wears them. They're going to be like this inch, yeah. long. They're mm -hmm. going to be like twelve inches long. All the other mitts. I never but, understood um, why more guys didn't wear them. I mean, it's just like an extra inch that you get. And yeah. the bases are going to be closer now. So, um, but if you have a if you have a good catcher and the pitchers like throwing to them, you'll give up a uh, a steal here, a steal there because you you have that relationship and you can call pitches. And yeah, I I feel like. Either you have a really good hitting catcher or your catcher lacks hitting, but he, he makes it up with the pitching staff. And the pitchers even pitch better, so they give up less runs. Mm -hmm. I haven't thought about that. Yeah, why why more players don't wear the oven mitts? I know Hassan Kim loves it. Uh, yeah. I better if, if, if Fernando's going to be stealing, I, I better hope we see him wearing some of those because <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to see any head first slides from Tatis this year. I, I don't. But it, it was nice to see him in the batting cage, man. Swing, yeah. The swing looks back. I was going to say, I mean, that was a, a sight for sore eyes to see him finally take some cuts fully healthy. You know, I just realized, I mean, obviously we knew this was a thing, but Bob Melvin has never managed a game under Tatis or crazy. with Tatis on the roster. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy to think about. I mean, you feel like Bob's been our guy forever at this point and yeah. he's been here for a year. <laughs>
Well, yeah, when you go yeah. into the playoffs and you have a team that we know is going to be there for a long time, all of a sudden you feel like they've been there forever. You yep. know, like I, I guarantee you the end of April sometime in May or something, we're going to be like, man, Waka's like, you know, our guy, we've been with him forever. I hope so. <laughs> Sign me up for that. I was literally, <laughs> ta- I was literally talking to a buddy about this the other day, but um, you really hope with, with Tatis, it's like, seeing this team make it to the NLCS and him not being able to be a part of that at all with Bob Melvin. It's like, if this doesn't light the fire under this guy, nothing will. And you can really see that he's coming with this approach. And you know, what I've, what I've noticed is you guys remember when he started separating that shoulder where they made him keep both of his hands on the bat after, you know, on his follow through. But now I'm starting to see him in the cage. He's back to his Tati swing where he just has one hand on the bat and he's not thinking about it anymore. And that's that's the best thing about it because when he was hitting 42 bombs in 120 games, he said, I, I, my shoulder was hurting the whole time. So now that he has a healthy shoulder, how many is he going to hit? 50. Um, so, yeah, right? <laughs> it, it, he's going to hit 80, right? So, But Bob Melvin was given an update about how the shoulder's great and how the wrist is still taking a little bit of time I know Padre fans are a little bit concerned about the wrist. Heath, do you know anything? Did you have ever have any other teammates who had like a wrist injury? Because I know what I've heard is it takes a, forever to heal because there's not much blood flow in, in the wrist. Well, there, it, that is correct. But also the biggest thing about a wrist injury is, you know, swinging a bat when you make contact or you swing and miss, you know, that awkward motion that we all do when we play ball, you know, every, if you do everything correct, everything always feels fine, but that awkward, you know, if he's going to play the outfield, like diving for a ball or running into a wall, um, just the stuff that you can't practice, you know, and mentally, do you feel like my wrist is a hundred percent, you know, and I, when he's swinging, it looks like it's free and clear and I'm not even thinking about it. So when you're thinking about your wrist, that's the hardest time to come back. Guys have said, and I know some pitchers that have hurt their wrist and they just feel like they can't do it. But as soon as you stop thinking about it, then you that muscle memory comes back. But we always worried about that one. You know, all I could say is like the diving play, running into the wall, you know, sliding back into first base, diving, you know, head first somewhere because, you know, he's going to dive head first. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's going to f- ever go feet first, but just doing that hook slide or something that you don't ever practice. Do you, you know, if you're worried about it, you're going to get hurt. But if you're not worried about it and it feels good, I mean, we'll probably know. And I think he'll be 100% because he's not going to start the season off with everybody else. You know, he's going to have a little bit more time to heal. So in spring training, let's take him a little bit slow, you know, and then, you know, a couple weeks go by and then we'll get him. And, you know, my biggest concern about Tatis, one, two things. One, hopefully he matures up and grows up like you've been saying. You know, maybe he got a little jealous last year. I want to be on the playoffs. I want to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, is he going to be happy and embrace? You're going to go to the outfield, bud. You know, once in a while, not be that, well, hey, I get to play short. Let me let me show them that I'm better at short than X is. You know, that yeah. day that we give him a break or whatnot. And just be like, hey, let's do what I can to help this team win because that's all I care about doing is helping the Padres win a championship. Is he going to embrace that? And that's yeah. the maturity level that I think, you know, you know, Machado kind of done is done in San Diego. You know, I, I think he's really matured into a, a team leader, you know, where everybody kind of sees it. And I want to see, see him with the Padres for the rest of his career. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, those are both huge maturity things. And it looks like from all accounts that we've seen so far that he has embraced the position. You know, I don't think he's told people like I'm playing shortstop. Like 
we're seeing videos of him right now at spring training shagging balls and he's looking mm-hmm. pretty good. So let's just hope that, you know, he's fully adjusted by the time his suspension is over and that he's ready to be our starting right fielder. Juan Soto and Fernando Tati Jr. in, in on one team's outfield on the corners. <laughs> hey, and, and we, I know we don't want to spend too much time on Trent Grisham, but I, I'm, I'm bullish on him having a nice bounce back here. Like, he's I'm a not gold glover. Gold Glover, but just even hitting 230, you know, running into 20 balls, 100% will take that with this plus plus defense. So, um, and I think the move to left field was good for Soto. Um, I think it's just, it's an easier place to play at Petco mm-hmm. versus right field. And we know we can mask him, shade him a little bit more defensively. And Fernando can cover more ground in right field and show off that arm. So I think it was a move that had to be made. And, and that's great. I know Heath mentioned Manny Machado. We saw Kevin Acey go on Darren Smith's show the other day, giving an update on Manny Machado's contract, saying that he doesn't think that the Padres and Machado are close at all on a contract. Since we last spoke, we've seen reports saying that Machado wants $40 million AAV, so 10-year, $400 million deal from multiple reports. Dennis Lynn, Bob Nightingale. And I kept telling Padre fans that on my Hogwatch YouTube show, and they're all like, we want Manny Machado back. And then when those reports came out, people were like, oh, I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. So... Guys, $40 million a year for another decade-long deal. I know what he's meant for the city, but at what point does it become egregious? I mean, that's a lot of money. I, I think he mentioned on that on that interview as well, he said the Padres made it known exactly how they see Manny Machado and what he's worth by offering Aaron Judge and Trey Turner those massive contracts, right? They showed their if hands you're gonna offer, If you're going to offer it to them – you might as well offer it to Manny as well. They showed their hand a little bit. You're right. So, I mean, you got to at least offer offer him what you offered Trey Turner, in my opinion. And that, that is, was what? That was 340 or something for 10 years? Or, or it, was was an it, 11, years? it was an 11 year deal for Trey Turner, I believe. What's, but isn't so, Turner so, younger? By like a year. By a year. 11, 11 years. No, it was, it was only 11 years, 300 only. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, only. Yeah. But here, here's the thing. Here's where the Padres have a beautiful situation. If we don't get Manny, then we you go all in and Soto. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, you you go for like Manny's my number one. I want him. I need him. But if I don't get him, okay, if it's your decision. Maybe we go up to thirty five and not go forty or whatnot. You know, it's it's like it's a cat and mouse game. Yeah, of course. And then you know, at the end of the year, you you throw in. Hey, we didn't get Manny and he's leaving. Hey, Soto, you want 40? You want 35? Let's <laughs> yeah. go. Well, look, they say 40 knowing that someone's going to come to the table with, you know, a negotiation where it's like, all right, we say yeah. 40, we'll take 35. <laughs> I, I think really what the biggest thing, in my opinion, it's the AAV, yes, but it's also just the length, right? Mm-hmm. Putting him under contract until he's 40 or into his 40s. Here's here's what I would love to do, and I don't know if the players would do it. I would do it. Um, what um, Rodriguez is it? Rodriguez up in Seattle. What they did, he had oh, yeah. his contract yeah. can match out Julio to four hundred million dollars, but it's based at like two hundred, you know, or two thirty. And if he produces and performs, you know, and stays healthy, he gets the four hundred or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just do something like that, like Machado? If you're in the, you know. Top five home runs, top five, you know, RBIs, this and that. You get all these bonuses. You can make forty million a year, but your base, your start at thirty. Color's you know, creative you, with that. Yeah, you're guaranteed at thirty, but you can get an extra ten, you know, per year if you do X, Y, and Z. 
Yeah. I like that. I like that. I mean, I mean here's the Probably. thing. We're talking yeah. we're talking you're making 30 million a year or 40 million a year. I mean, come on. We're not talking like you make, you know, $30 an hour and $40 an hour. I mean, we're talking millions here. I mean, come on, Machado, don't be don't be greedy because greedy never works out for anybody. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's I, I like the point though of making it incentive laden. I mean, they did that with Matt Carpenter, right? His biggest yeah. issue has been availability. So they're like, Matt Carpenter, you don't even need to produce. Just if you're having healthy bats, you're right. good. We're we're gonna pay you. Yeah. Right. So so and put it in there when you're in your late thirties. Yeah, structure it around a player and areas that they maybe need to work on or improve on and make that incentive laden. I don't know. What, um, what does Manny to improve on though? <laughs> I know, right? Staying, I don't know. Staying healthy. Especially when you're past 35, 36, 37 years old. Really? You get up to 40, your body starts going, I don't know. Right, right. No, I mean, look, he's he's not even 30 years old yet. Really, the only injury that we've seen him have, or he is 30 now, but really only the injury we've seen him have is that that ankle injury that was just like a freak accident where he slipped on the base. But other than that, I mean, he's been rock solid. I'm just worried about past 35. Everybody past 35, your body, even Tom Brady – that means, you know, it's like 45, 50 years old. Even uh, Nolan Ryan that pitched into his 40s, his body acts a little bit different in the late 30s, especially yeah. in your 40s. So, Machado, you're 30. Give yourself five more years. Your body's going to be different than you are right now. You're going to think, no, it's not. But trust me, your body gets different. Another thing happens. is another thing is with these guys, and, you know, Heath, you know this is a former player. I'm not sure how it worked with you, but – Preller's told the media too, like once the season starts, these conversations are going to sleep. Like they're not going to be talking Focus about the game. Yeah. They're not going to be talking about these things. Um, and then, you know, he Preller also mentioned with the whole WBC thing. That's why, you know, he wanted to get it done with Darvish before he went to camp with Japan for the WBC. So he didn't have to think about it because if Japan makes a deep run, he's not going to get back to San Diego until a few days before opening day. So they didn't want that contract that he had to loom. So I don't know how it's going to be with Machado if Preller's going to be in contact with his agent. But once Machado goes to the WBC, if they're making a deep run, which the Dominican likely will, we're going to lead right into opening day. And if he's not in it, playing with the New Deal until opening day, there's a very good chance that Manny Machado is going to enter free agency. And mm-hmm. That's definitely going to raise some eyebrows for some Padre fans. So there's actually not as much time left until these guys start going to play in the WBC. Yeah, they, I, I think they report early March. Here's the thing. I mean, you can you can have a conversation with – when you're playing and you're trying to figure out a contract, this and that, as a player, you just try to go out there and play. If you are a guy that's calling your agent once a week, hey, we got a deal yet, this, this, and this, you're not going to perform. You're not going to do well. And you're worried about the outside stuff, not the stuff on the field. So maybe you, I mean, I love Machado, but maybe you don't want him. You know, if he's always worried about the money, you know, let his, let his agent deal with that. I would, you know, I would try to get things done like AJ has. That's the one good thing he's done so far that I'll actually give him props. Don't talk about during the season, but you know, once a month or, you know, even at the all-star break or after two months of the season, Hey, if you're, if that player is really playing really good, Call his agent. The agent's never going to go, we're not going to listen to you until after the year. Right. The player is going to say, I don't want to talk about this because I want to perform. But you go to the agent and say, hey, yeah, I'll give you what you're asking. And the agent could say, screw you. We want more now. Say, okay. You know, then you go to the player and say, hey, I'm giving you what you want. You want more now since you're doing good? Like, I'm giving what you want. So, I mean, that's the gamble you play. That's the, that's the game. So, but you can, you also have a time at the end of the season to sign 
a player before he hits free agency. The season doesn't end. I mean, we could get something done. Let's say we win the World Series. I think it's a few weeks after the World Series that you actually players become free agency. It's not mm-hmm. like the next day. So you have a little bit of time. You have a few weeks to negotiate, to have contract talks or whatnot. It just may cost you a little bit more if the team, if the player did really well or is like, you know, a World Series MVP or something like that. But, you know, it is what it is. So that's the game you play. And that's what AJ is doing right now. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens, man. It's uh, we got ongoing talks. <clears throat> Machado, Soto, those are kind of the two big ones. At least they got the pitchers done. But there is one pitcher we can wrap up on who is a free agent coming up this year, and that's Blake Snell. And I, I particularly saw Snell. He looks like he's in great shape coming into spring training, and I know a lot of people were talking about that. And uh, I'm expecting a huge year from Blake Snell because listen, he's in a contract year, and he's he's 30 years old. He got that one, I'd say little, but five-year, $50 million deal with the Rays, right, who never pay their guys. So he's looking for that nine-figure I generational wealth, one more big deal payday. And he's not going to get it if he's just second-half Snell, right? He's, he's yeah. going to need to be 162-game-plus Blake Snell this year. So I think from a, you know, I, I'm not saying he's driven by money, but I'm saying if I'm going to bet on him, I, I, I'm going to bet on him this year. Yeah, this is the year to do it for sure. I mean, I think it was always an awkward adjustment for him coming to San Diego. He never really felt like he was, I would say, ecstatic to be here. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure he wasn't like mad to be here, but you know, he was kind of pissed off that the Rays got rid of him. And you know, you'd heard that he wasn't a big fan of our previous pitching coach. And I mean, whatever it is, what it is, he's gone now. But you know, now it seems like he's starting to embrace, you know, the culture and he's excited about the team and he's been with us now. This will be his third season. Like it's a contract year, as you mentioned. So he's got a lot to prove, you know, that he can not only just be a second half pitcher, but an all year pitcher and a guy who can go deep into innings too. Cause Heath, as long as we've been doing the show together, I've been telling you, he need, he doesn't go long, you know, four yeah. innings, five innings. I think his max has been six innings in his career. Very lucky if pitches. he goes through the fifth. 36 right. pitch first innings. I can't do that anymore. Can't yeah. do it. Load the bases, <laughs> but you know, don't, don't give up any runs. Well, I mean, that's, you know, just like you threw three innings, basically. You're going to turn into a lefty specialist slash reliever. Yeah. Exactly. If he goes to free agency, that's what's going to happen. If he has another year, like he's had. He right. wants a Carlos Rodon contract apparently. So he's going to need to, he's going to well, need to shove this year. I want a $300 million deal too, but I'm a realist and knowing I'm not going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, some of these guys, you know, that they believe the in themselves. They believe in themselves, obviously. And when you're a, a young pitcher in baseball who who's won the Cy Young, you know, given that, you always believe that you can get back to that point. So hopefully he does. You know, I mean, guys, especially in pitching, can be late bloomers sometimes. I know he had that that hardware early in his career, but it's never too late for a resurgence. You know, Jacob Degrom, as we've mentioned, made his debut at you know, 26, 27 years old. He's hurt now. Yeah, he's hurt now. But I mean, like the fact that he was dominant for four, five, six years after that, you know, into his early 30s. I think Schnell won the Cy Young, was kind of just kind of put on cruise control. Tampa, not happy there, went here, kind of cruise control, just complained about everything. Um, His heart wasn't into it, like you said. And, you know, he started to try to try a little too hard. Last year, 
you know, now I think he's realized, okay, let me just pitch. Let me mm-hmm. throw strike one, strike two, strike three. I mean, that's all you need to do. Don't walk people start off. I mean, the batting average drops. I mean, if you throw strike one to a 300 hitter, he's batting 200. Now, if you throw ball mm-hmm. one, he's batting 400. And then that's when you're going to load the bases. You're a good enough pitcher to get out of the jam, but come on, you're not a starter. You, I mean, yeah. are you a number ace? Are you a number one, two starter? Or are you a, you know, are you a four or five starter? Cause the four or five starter, you don't know what you're going to get. You know what? Also <clears throat> something that like, you can see the differences in players sometimes, right? Like Joe Musgrove, for instance, hometown kid grew up war- like loving the Padres Wears 44 because of Jake Peavy's favorite player gets the big, you know, hometown discount extension, all that stays with the team he grew up watching. And you can tell every game he throws the intensity in there, right? Through the first Padres, no hitter. When we're in the playoffs, he's shutting down the Mets, right? Like he's you screaming, can see shouting. exactly. You yeah. could see that like it means so much to me. He's passionate and like this is his team. You know, I'm I'm even starting to see that at you Darvish too. Like this is his new home. Like he's screaming, like he's fired up. He's energetic. He's in the community. But there's certain guys that it kind of just seems like it's just a job and that's it. Like this is just the team that pays their salary. And that's all it is. And they're going out there just doing their job. And, and some are so kinda, good. <clears throat> some are so good, right? Some where are, they, it doesn't exactly. matter. Exactly. But, some are so good where it doesn't matter. They're just taking care of business. But Blake Snell just kind of seems like one of those guys, agreed. at least right now, that's just agreed. there just to do his job, right? And I'm wondering for you, Heath, as a former player, like when you're going to a new organization, like what does it take out of the organization for you to be like, and this may just be person to person, completely personality based, but what does it take for you to be like, okay, you know what? I really love this team. I love this city. I love this culture. I want to bring a championship to this team and not just do my job, but actually just make the embody this. You know what I mean? Well, when you have, when it's, it, it takes a group of guys on the team all going in the same direction and you feel like the coaches have your back. They're not just part of the front office going, you know, you know, like say Snell's going in and Bob Melvin, is just using them for this year and has no intention of having them long-term. You'll realize that. But if you're like, Hey, there's a chance we really want you long-term. I don't know. It's your decision, you know, and the club's decision, but when you have the club doing what the Padres are doing now, keeping guys going out and getting guys, like we could have easily got Soto last year and said, yeah, we have him for two years. Then he's going to free agent. No, we're talking about signing him. We Mm want to keep him here. And I feel like it's a good place. I'm pretty sure. You know, they want Schnell to pitch better like we know he can pitch. And, okay, let's keep you here, but let's we get, you got to clean it up a little bit. So going, you got to have a culture of the front office, or you at least have to feel the front office has your back, the coaches have your back, the players are all fighting together. But when there's been some players like Jeff Kent back in the day, he was just doing it. Now he doesn't care hoots about baseball. There's other guys that don't even watch the game and don't even care about the game, but they're really good athletes. And some were, you know, hall of famers where, you know, I know they're that good, but when you know that in the locker room, that it's just a job to them, you know, they just want to get paid the most amount. They don't really care if you do well, they win a world series. Yeah. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to be on TV and everybody wants to win a world series and have the trophy and the hardware. But at the end of the day, they don't really care, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and you know that about guys. And you don't say that while you're playing, but there's guys that just, they just don't care. And those are the guys that are hard because you, you root for everybody, but you don't, it's almost like you don't root for them as much, Mm -hmm. you know, because, Mm -hmm. you know, they love fishing more, they love football more or whatever it is. They just, you know, it's like, this is my job. This is what I do. But after that, I could care less about baseball. I don't want to watch it. You know, after baseball, I'm not going to do it because 
you know, I don't really like the sport, but I can get paid doing it. You know, it's like, well, gosh, you know, I'm busting my ass over here. And I feel like you're just kind of going through the motion. Yeah. Yeah. Like if let's say Trent Grissom was that way. And I'm not saying he's that way. Everybody'd be pissed off. Like, dude, you got the speed, you have the ability, and you're not really working hard. And you're like, Yeah, but I'm the starting center fielder, so I don't really need to hit good. Yeah. I don't need to work out. I don't he's, need to do this. Not he's saying he one did that. Well, no, I'm he's just I, one of those guys that like, uh when I'm watching him on TV and when I'm watching how like the clubhouse kind of responds to him, just just like you know, person to person interaction, just doing your observe observations here. Like he kind of looks like one of those guys as well. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's not really like hanging out with the team. He's not really like socializing, you know, like obviously there was a reason why like he was slumping. Maybe he's the outsider. Right. And he's the one who's just like, yeah, I'm just going to go out and do my job and play center field. And you know, it's just, it's, it is what it is. I mean, some guys are just like that, but you know, I, I'd like to see the entire team come together and buy in for this one year. Here's the thing. Spring training, have a team party, a party barbecue throughout the year, have three or four team dinners where everybody on the team goes mm-hmm. coaches, whatever. And training staff, you know, you can bring them along because nobody ever loves the training staff. So yeah. love your, love your training staff boys. Forget about your coaches, <laughs> but have the team dinner together. I mean, there's going to have 26 guys, you know, you're going to basically be the whole restaurant or whatnot. Have have three or four of those and your team will stay close together. But if your team mm-hmm. doesn't do stuff together, mm-hmm. it ain't going to happen. You're going to have your little clicks. You know, yeah. you're going to have your bullpen guys, your starters, your outfielders, your infielders. You're going to have your little clicks here and there. And that's fine. But you all are rooting for the same. You're all rooting to win the game every single day. And you're all trying. You, you don't care about stats. You just go out there, want to put up W's. And if you guys do that, the end of the year, you're going to have good stats. You're going to have good numbers, but do what it takes to help the club win that night, not for Mm -hmm. the month. And, you know, that really makes a team and makes a dynasty. And, you know, we, the Padres right now have a chance to do that, even with, you know, guys not being raw, raw, raw guys or really showing emotion because not everybody shows a lot of emotion, but it, it, you look in the locker room and look in the, the dugout when the Padres are winning the last couple of years, they're showing a lot of emotion. They're taking pictures, they're having fun. They're doing this keep doing that. When we got in that strut where we weren't winning, we weren't having fun. Now I know it's easy to have fun and when you're winning, but you can still be rooting, rooting guys on, you know, still doing a little bit, like not having too much fun, but having a little bit of fun. It makes everybody easy, you know, relaxed and, you know, and like pitchers, you know, I remember last year when they were all following you Darvish and doing weird things and then they (laughs) got away from it and they all sucked. Yeah. Keep doing it all year. Even yeah. if you lose, keep doing it. I like the Polaroid tradition. I think they should keep yeah. it. That's cool. There's a lot of personalities though in this clubhouse. So yeah, as you said, it's important for, for them to kind of keep that on a good trajectory and, Keith, and make is, sure everyone's is, going well. Is your dog okay? I haven't seen him move once. <laughs> Stay. Texas staying right there. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's good. He, he, he won't move. He listens. Good, good, good. <laughs> I told you, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a little friend with me every single time. Might be a little lucky cat. Might be my dog. You never know. My dog. <laughs> my dog. Speaking of my dog, you guys are my dogs. So, Aww. <laughs> thanks, Nick. Yep. Well done, gentlemen. It was. Uh, it's time, man. It's time. A few weeks. We are. We are ready to go. I know. I got a couple buddies trying to get opening day tickets, and they're they're running up pockets. So uh, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. We're gonna have to start paying all these guys some more. So keep keep jacking up the prices. The here's the best thing. <laughs> If you anybody that wants an open day ticket, this is the best game to go to or best way. Go to the day two. 
Don't go to opening day. I know it's all exciting and stuff, but you can always get day two tickets. True. You don't see them walk down, you know, the field or whatever, or, or weird, you know, fly over and you watch that on TV. It's all exciting. Go to game two. Then it's back. It's baseball season again. Yeah. They still uh, have the little opening day logo painted yep. on the side. Everything of the field. is still there. They just don't <laughs> have the little, you know, fireworks. No. Nope. It's if you feel like it's the season and you don't, you're not going to miss anything. That's good so. advice. And you probably right, get to see Joe, Joe Musgrove pitch. Cause you Darvish probably starts the season. I wonder opening. who's going to be the opening day starter. We should, we should save that for a future episode, but yeah. I could see them giving it to Joe. I could, could see them giving it to Walker. <laughs> yeah, <I doubt> it. <laughs> Give it to Walker. Why not? Seth, Lu- Seth Lugo, baby. Lock it in. Yeah. Why not? All right, guys. Give it to, give that's, it to Nick. Guy. that's Heath. I'm Borna. We'll sign it out, everybody. Talk My soon. Dog. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.